0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is everything you need for tips, tricks, and things to just be generally awesome. I'm your host, Amanda. And I'm your host, Claire. And this is RDH Bytes. Okay, everyone. This is Claire again. Thank you for joining us in our podcast, RDH Bite. And I have a very important guest today for you. Her name is Barbara Bennett. Well, if you have not heard about her yet, I mean, first, she's been a wonderful faculty to us at Student RDH, but have so much experience teaching, including being the chair for Texas State Technical College and also being author in many extremely important textbook that you already know, Dr. Esther Wilkins' 11th edition of the textbook, especially in infection diseases. And also, Mosby, as a lot of you probably have read for your board examination. She is really an expert in all things basic science. And still, after all those years being an educator and helping our students, She is involved in teaching still in the dental school and her topics really ranges from infectious diseases to medical emergencies to community to microbiology. So help me welcome Miss Barbara Bennett. Oh, thank you, Claire. That's so kind. Um,
1: nobody I like better than dental hygiene students and dental hygiene faculty. They're, they're the, they're the rock stars of the healthcare world. So thank you so much for letting me. Come join me
0: today. It's a pleasure. And I know you're going to talk about a topic that I'm just going to warn everybody a little difficult. And Barbara (laughs) is here to make it nice and easy to understand and kind of really get your head around this topic. So, what is it, Barbara, today? Okay.
1: Well, one of the first subjects you take in dental hygiene school is embryology and histology. Mm -hmm. And most of you have probably forgotten. Most of what you learned, but one of the things I had the pleasure of doing is teaching embryology and histology, then oral pathology and perio. And believe it or not, they're foundational by understanding how something is formed and how something works, you're better able to understand what goes wrong. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't just a course to make you crazy. It was a course (laughs) that was foundational. And again, because it was so early in the curriculum, most of you have probably forgotten all about those wonderful germ layers and what they form and what they do. So my job today is to help you understand how it works and put it back together in a way that's going to help you be a mm-hmm. successful clinician. And as you're concerned about, because you're getting ready to take your boards, to successfully negotiate those tough questions.
0: I love it because it's fundamental. And if something goes wrong in those basic layers, yeah. I mean, it's love like, I was, you know, reading and, you know, I think about, you know, for example, the brachial arches that we're going to talk about today. But to me, they're like a little bit the bread dough. You know, we are around Thanksgiving right now where you have your dough, but then you keep massaging it and, you know, just making shape. And that's kind of how our body works. We were just kind of one dough to begin with, made of many, many, many different <laughs> cells. But started with, you know, one cell and kind of how it splits and, double every single time. Is is that an okay analogy, Barbara? It's a great analogy.
1: I love it. We are just so incredible. Our bodies Mm -hmm. are just the most amazing things. Mine's a little chubby right now, thanks to a little extra pumpkin (laughs) pie. But you know what? It's still a miracle because it Mm -hmm. still works and it gets me where I need to go. And it's so incredibly complicated Mm -hmm. that at any junction, when Mm -hmm. things are forming, something can go wrong. There are literally billions of times when cells divide or cells form and at any given time, those cells can mutate Mm -hmm. or they can fail to divide correctly Mm -hmm. or they can go crazy in their division. And that's what we usually call cancer. But again, Understanding how it all's going way back to that bread dough beginning and mm-hmm. understanding that those basic components, if everything goes right, you're going to have a beautiful loaf of French bread, because that's my favorite, <laughs> when you're done. So what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, Claire, is kind okay. of start at the beginning and yes. just do a quick review of the formation of the head and neck mm-hmm. and those
0: embryological layers that start out with, because again, that's where it all starts out. I'm definitely on board with that. And that's going to be a great review for those who have not, uh, who have learned. But if you have not learned yet, you know, this is kind of a little preview of some other courses you're going to take. So we are ready for you, Barbara.
1: Okay. Well, of course, as, as Claire mentioned, we start out as as two cells and then we start dividing like crazy and very, very early. We become a cluster of cells that starts to fuse into a tube form. I kind of think about like a little caterpillar that's curled up on itself. Mm -hmm. And there's three layers to that tube. The outside layer is the endo ectoderm, ecto Mm -hmm. meaning outside. Ectoderm is our outer layer. It covers the body. It is a covering of a lining. And so it lines the outside of the body in the epithelium and the epidermis, makes the enamel of the teeth, and it makes the glandular tissue. Now, people forget about the glands being epithelium, and that's a frequently missed test question.
2: Mm. If you
1: think about how glands form, they all start on the surface of something and mm-hmm. grow down in. So they start on the outsides. For example, the thyroid gland actually starts in the middle of the tongue and grows downward. The pituitary gland starts at the roof of the mouth and grows upward. So they're glandular. So again, people forget that. So don't forget, folks, that epithelium includes the glands. Now, Love that. That's, yes. So what I like to tell you about ectoderm is that anything ectoderm is usually the exception okay it makes the enamel it makes the epithelium it makes things that are different so that's it's really really important mm-hmm. but again it's it's not the most numerous of the most mm. varied tissue of the body the second layer of the body is the mesoderm and that mm-hmm. is middle so if you remember, ectoderm has E for epithelium and enamel. That's helpful. Yes. Okay. And mesoderm is M for middle. Now, baby connective tissue or immature connective tissue is also called mesenchyme. Mm. That's another M. So the, the mesoderm is all the connective tissue. And that's a huge variety. Uh, it makes up the dermis of the skin all the underlying connective tissue because epithelium has to have connective tissue underneath. It can't support Mm -hmm. itself. So our muscle, our bone, our lymphatic, all the blood cells, cartilage, our reproductive organs, all of that is from the mesoderm or the Mm -hmm. middle. Now what's cool about that and what makes it easy for you all as dental hygiene students and dental hygiene people that are learning is all of the tooth except, remember, ectoderm is the exception, except Mm -hmm. the enamel comes from mesoderm. Wow. You totally simplified it for us. That's wonderful. It's so easy when you think about it that way. So whether it's pulp, whether Mm -hmm. it's dentin, whether it's bone, whether it's the periodontal ligament, it Mm -hmm. all comes from connective tissue, which comes from mesoderm. Mm -hmm. And finally, the last layer, which it doesn't, concern us too much in dentistry is endoderm and that is innermost structures lining endothelium the lining of blood vessels if you think about endodontic therapy that's the inside of the tooth so endo means inside Mm -hmm. so those are some things that again kind of help you bring those three germ layers
0: together Mm -hmm. and put them put them in some kind of logical order That alone was a chapter of its (laughs) own in a dental hygiene curriculum.
1: (laughs) Let me go a little step farther and tell you how it links to pathology. If you haven't started studying your medical terminology, Procter & Gamble has a great CE course that's free. Claire has some great stuff on her website that's medical terminology. If you understand what something means, I would say over half the time, You can get the question right, whether you really know what the specific answer is. I was director of curriculum at a medical school. I just Mm -hmm. uh, retired recently, but I'm still involved with assessment. But what I would tell my medical students is context clues. I would take their their national board. They have different ones. And I would get them right, even though I'm not a medical student. And I said, it's all about context clues.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So know your terminology if you know your terminology, figure it out. So for example, if it is a malignant tumor of epithelium, it is a carcinoma. So we all know about basal cell carcinoma and squamous cell carcinoma. Squamous cell carcinoma, of course, is the most common oral cancer. Cancer. And these are epithelial tissues. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now remember, salivary glands are epithelium, are, are epithelial origin but Their prefix is adeno. Mm, so a salivary okay. gland cancer would be adeno carcinoma. Okay, great. So a malignant, remember the scenic glands of the salivary glands? That would be a cynic cell adeno carcinoma. Okay. Now, a totally non dental related mm-hmm. is one of the most common breast cancers. Ah, uh, yes. Invasive ductal carcinoma.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because again, The breasts are glandular. Okay. And you're saying they are epithelial origin. They're epithelial origin. And they're called carcinoma.
1: Carcinomas. So if it is, if they ask you what the origin of, of a specific cancer is, and it has carcinoma in the name, it's epithelial.
0: From I epithelial. love it. I, I hope everybody gets some sort of more question that are related to that. There usually is one or two like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty important.
1: So again, knowing your your terminology really, really, really helps. Now, if it's just for fun, let's add some more terminology. So pleo means many shape. Morpho means, uh, pleo means many. Morpho mm-hmm. means shape. So if I have a pleomorphic adenocarcinoma mm. that is what we also we often call a mixed salivary mm. tumor mm, i see so does that help right. understand yeah, yeah. That, right?
0: so you put like those three words together right. saying right. mixed and basically we're translating something that resonates with us a little bit more you know right. and adeno means gland so it's a gland and then carcinoma we're like oh it's from the epicellulator there you go. Easy right. peasy. <laughs> yes. When you say it like that, it's easy peasy. Now you health
1: us understand. And just having done it for thousands of years helps a lot. <laughs> That's one good thing when you're old, you have lots of experience. Um, That's why we have you here. <laughs> if it is a cancer of the mesoderm, mm-hmm. it is like sarcoma. And so malignancies are sarcomas. And now we name them according to what Connected tissue they are. Mm-hmm. So if it is a fibrous cell, fibrous connective tissue, it's a fibrosarcoma. Mm-hmm. It could be a chondrosarcoma if it's cartilage. Mm-hmm. It can be an osteosarcoma if it's bone. Myo means muscle.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: this has been a board question. And they, I'm not sure why they asked this on dental hygiene, but they have. They ask about what a Leo would be. Leo is smooth muscle and rhabdo is striated muscle. So, um, Leo myosarcoma mm-hmm. would be like uterine cancer. Mm, I see. And rhabdomyosarcoma is probably the most common connective tissue cancer of young people. And that has also been a board question. So, rhabdomyosarcoma, this is like the ones you see the people that have a lump on their leg and then they have. So we see this a lot. We hear about it with athletes because they have to have amputations or whatever because it
0: I see I see I see and and just to add one more thing here for our students in case you haven't learned that yet or forgot smooth muscle are the involuntary muscle so it's not like you control it like your leg or when you're chewing or things like that so think about some of the things that are functioning without you telling to function for example the digestive system brilliant thank you that's mm-hmm. very helpful okay and then there's even cancer of the fatty tissue
1: which how depressing would that be to have fatty mm. tissue <laughs> that has
0: cancer? But anyway, that would be a liposarcoma. <laughs> yes, really. so liposarcoma. I think everybody okay. gets this concept. It's basically when you when they say certain can, uh, terminology on cancer, they just put all those words together. Then. Put them together. Anatomists are really very straightforward. They don't want to have to think about where mm-hmm. something is. They want it to describe what they're describing. So... Again, it really does help. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that system. At least it if if you if you understand those terminology and learn them today, then you know you will always be able to find the answer. Hopefully. Yeah. Right. At least and hopefully you'll never have to use it in real life to read a pathology report,
1: but that may happen too. And you're definitely going to get pathology reports back from your our, patients. Your yeah. patients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see. Okay. So Claire, where would you like me to go next? Would you like me to talk more about formation of the
0: face and head? Yes. Why don't we, I mean, obviously we are talking about, you know, head and neck anatomy. (laughs) Embryology kind of goes hand in hand with dental or head and neck anatomy when there's a, a curriculum in a dental hygiene school. So yeah, if, you know, if we can kind of get in what's most important to know about embryology with our face and, well, oral cavity. Okay. Well, what's really cool is that, really you don't have
1: to go the face and head and neck are the face and head. Let me just start back with the face Mm -hmm. is only composed of two structures. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Remember I said, it's easy to remember by name, fronto nasal process, which literally is the upper head and the middle of the face Mm -hmm. and branchial arch one. Mm -hmm. Now, if you think about that little curled up caterpillar, the caterpillar has little segments and mm-hmm. those are called branchial arches. Mm-hmm. And each of those is responsible for developing some structure. So, branchial arch one. Well, let me go back for a minute before we get too, too crazy about this. So, the monomasal process makes the forehead, mm-hmm. the middle of the nose, the septum of the nose, all of the nose, the philtrum, which is that cute little part. That's yeah, the nose. nose. Mm-hmm. The premaxilla, which is the very triangular portion of the palate. The and upper you, palate. Yes. the, like upper the palate. Yes, Where so the incisors are. Where the incisors mm-hmm. and, the, and the incisors. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay?
1: The phrenonasal process makes the top and the middle of the face.
2: Mm-hmm. Got it.
1: Everything else in the face is made by branchial arch one.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: branchial arch one makes the cheeks, the sides of the mouth, Mm -hmm. the lower jaw, Mm -hmm. all of the teeth except those incisors. Oh, what a great summary, Barbara. (laughs) Now, what's really cool about that is, and why this is important to pathology, as we are developing those processes fuse, Mm -hmm. if there's a failure to fuse, that is a cleft. If something, and remember, everything is lined with epithelium,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So as those layers fuse, the epithelium dissolves and connective tissue is the joining part. Mm-hmm. So as the palate, the sides of the palate from branchial arch one swing down like a bra- drawbridge mm-hmm. and fuse with that little triangular part that's part of the frontonasal process, the premaxilla.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If there's a failure to fuse, there will be a cleft lip or palate. Mm Yes. Now we, we develop from the outside in. So the lip forms before the palate. So what happens is if there's a failure to fuse in the weeks six to eight, that's a cleft lip. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: If it develops later, weeks eight to 12, Mm -hmm. that can be a cleft palate. Mm Yes. Now this is really significant because that all happens in the first trimester. Right. <laughs> and a lot of times women don't know that they're right. pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be super careful. And of course, that's on every, every dental history.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Are you pregnant? Do you think you could be pregnant? Because drugs, radiation, mm-hmm. anything that disturbs that fusion process can cause an abnormality later down the road.
0: There it is why we're taking medical history and why we have to drill down on those and ask them, maybe sometimes, you know, a few times. Because actually, pre- pregnancy, patients don't really conceive this as a medical change. It's right. just normal. So
1: and there again, it is a great
0: reason. My college roommate, God love her, I loved her to pieces, but she didn't
1: keep track of things, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And she was almost four months pregnant before she realized she was pregnant. Unfortunately, everything, yeah, just fine. But she wasn't real organized. But anyway, she, and and again, there are drugs called teratogens, which Mm -hmm. uh, means dangerous to the fetus, that -hmm. we absolutely do not want to take during that first trimester Mm -hmm. that are very, very dangerous. So again, um, it's important that we do take a thorough medical history because that can be really critical.
0: I see. Well, thanks for the reminder. And just, uh, you know, just so you remember again, six to 12 weeks, the lips, and then eight weeks, eight to 12 for the palate. The palate. So mm-hmm. there often could be a question when
1: would, on a board, mm-hmm. when would the time period of, of developmental disturbance have occurred? Mm-hmm. And that will give you a time frame to go from that. Mm-hmm. Great. Now, if you think about, think about the fusion line between the, the incisors, And the size of the cheek. Yes. And what tooth is most commonly missing besides third molars? Most commonly missing or malformed.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. The lateral incisor. I see. Because it's right there? It's right in the fusion line.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So as the law, as the, as the processes slam shut, then something can happen and disturb that. So again, it all kind of goes back to understanding how things form. Now, again, if as those processes fuse, little pieces of epithelium are left behind, those can be called rests of epithelium, and they can form cysts. So it's very common to find cysts in fusion lines. So remember that the nasopalatine cyst, Mm -hmm. the maxillary cyst, there's a thyroglossal uh, tract cyst. There's a lot of cysts that are directly in fusion lines because little pieces of epithelium got left behind.
0: Oh, my. I love that you just combined everything like, you know, not just dental anatomy, but going back to the origin of it, your embryology and head and neck anatomy, abnormalities, process of care, all of that. I hope it all makes sense to all of you now. I mean, in my head, it it definitely does. And yeah, why why is the lateral incisor the one that can be missing or lots of cysts happen there? Now we get it. There's just a construction zone. A lot of things can go wrong there. (laughs) I love it. It's a construction zone. (laughs) So you have to slow down for construction zones, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is brilliant. I love it. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. Well, you know, lastly, maybe Barbara I would, I would love to understand, you know, we under, uh, we've seen how cleft pellets, cleft lift, all of that, you know, is impacting, you know, our patient or even ourselves. But any other, the last advice you would like to give us saying like how we are, when we're learning embryology, this all can actually, you know, change our profession or impact us clinically. Absolutely. I think that.
1: We're not at this time, there's a dental hygiene diagnosis, but we don't usually diagnose, but you do need to be able to understand what's normal and abnormal. And part of that is a function of seeing a hundred of something, you know, part of that is just seeing. And a great example of that is I used to, when we had our private practice in a small town, we, I would do teach the. Nurses' aides how to do oral care for the residents of the Mm. long-term care facility. And bless their hearts, they took it to heart. They were so conscientious. I get a phone call, and this poor nurse's aide was so upset because she was looking in the resident's mouth and found this big, hard bump on the Mm. roof of the patient's mouth. Alert. (laughs) Yes, alert. And she was just so afraid. But that might be cancer. Mm -hmm. Well, you and I, Claire, because we know that a big, hard, bony bump in the central part of the palate is a normal, (sighs) is a torus, (laughs) we get upset about Mm -hmm. it. But Mm -hmm. again, that's because we know that that's what we call a variation of normal. Mm -hmm. So being able to recognize normal and abnormal, that's Mm -hmm. really, really important. Again, leukoplakia literally white patch. Um, what is it? Is Do we need to biopsy it every time? We don't know. It could be benign hyperkeratosis. It could be pre dysplasia. It could be squamous cell carcinoma. Mm-hmm. So usually what we do is wait a couple of weeks and watch it and take very careful documentation and bring the patient back. But again, if you aren't observant, please, 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 be observant. In my very long career, I've found three different episodes of squamous cell carcinoma. Oh wow. From my from my intraoral exam. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the dentists aren't careful, they are, but mm-hmm. again, you and I know who spends the majority of time with the patient.
2: Yeah. yeah it's yeah.
1: us. Mm-hmm. So never ever be so rushed. That you mm-hmm. don't do a thorough interoral oral exam. It, it can be literally the definite, the difference between life and death. And mm-hmm. one of my patients, I was very upset, um, had a very large growth on the side of his tongue, which is a very common sight. He did lose part of his tongue, but the good news was mm-hmm. he was still alive 10 years after I, when I left the practice. Good to hear. And so mm-hmm. we can make, and especially now with a lot of the newer technology with the mm-hmm. psychology and things, it's really critical. A couple other important terminology questions that you may not be familiar with when you're talking about pathology is central and peripheral. If something is a central lesion, it's in the bone. If it's peripheral, it's soft tissue only. Mm -hmm. So if I had a peripheral giant cell, fibroma, Mm -hmm. would I be able to see it
0: on a radiograph? Let's think about it. I I think you would have the answer by now, but let's walk through our process. While well, you say central is the bone, and our radiograph that we take in dentistry usually doesn't get us all those tissue layers, right? We can only really right. see the, the bone, so if it's right? So in that case, right, yeah. it's in the tissues. Okay. We wouldn't now mm-hmm. if it was ossifying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's
1: also an ossifying uh, mm-hmm. giant cell fibroma that would be radiographically apparent. Mm -hmm. So they may show you a radiograph and say, is this a peripheral giant Mm -hmm. cell fibroma? Is this an ossifying giant Mm -hmm. cell fibroma? Mm -hmm. So by understanding that peripheral means it's in soft tissue, you're probably not going to see it very well on a radiograph. If you can see it very well, it's either central or ossifying. Mm -hmm. Another term that's very important is cyst because it's epithelial lined. Remember, it's an epithelial remnant, so anything that has epithelium in it that's a cyst, anything that's a cyst, has to come from that epithelial layer. Again, a dentigerous cyst is a a tooth that's associated with a tooth that's Mm -hmm. a fluid-filled sac lined by epithelium around an unerupted tooth. Mm -hmm. A primordial cyst is a fluid-filled epithelial-lined sac where no tooth exists. So, so those are just some little clues mm-hmm. that hopefully will help you.
0: Should we do just one last question? That relates really to exactly that we what we talked about, kind of the different layers. Uh, I've got to come up with one.
1: Okay, which embryonic germ layer forms the dentin and the pulp?
0: Great. So, embryo. You say embryonic germ layer. So you understand those concepts? We talked about the different layers but she's asking which forms the dentin and the pulp. Okay. What are the answer choices? Endoderm, ectoderm, mesoderm, or neuroderm. Mm. Okay. This is a great question. And well, I'm going to try to answer it as a student. Then walking back, you said the ectoderm is like E, like enamel. Right. So you the question is not asking about the enamel. So we... It's not ectoderm. Mm-hmm. And remember, you're also saying everything kind of, you know, inside. Well, every other tooth layers, dentin, the pulp, and all of that PDL would be the mesoderm. So that's our answer. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Thank
1: now, you. There is no neuroderm, just for fun. Mm-hmm. And they will do that sometimes. They will yeah. throw in... <laughs> fake terminologies fake look alike
0: yeah, yeah. Look-alike. so mm-hmm. yes yeah, so you did mm-hmm. great student I'm very proud of you, <laughs> you learned I know oh this was, this episode was wonderful Barbara and it really shows the depth of your knowledge that you have and I mean Barbara is you probably don't really know but I mean she has notes but really I can tell all this is coming from literally her experience and everything she has in her brain you know so <laughs> So, you know, Barbara, honestly, I would say I would love to continue with more down the road for our students, if you're open to that. I am. Thank you. I'd love to do more. <laughs> like I said, dental hygiene students and faculty are my mm-hmm. favorite folks. Yes. And, you know, as, as you can tell, Barbara has a great passion for it, not just experience, but passion for it. So it is our pleasure to have you here at Student RDH and RDH Bites. And thank you again, Barbara, for your time. Thank you, Claire. It was a pleasure. Mm -hmm. Hope to see you soon here. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Hey, everybody. This is your co-host, Amanda, with a quick announcement. Have you looked at our VIP package yet? This has everything you need to help pass your national board exam. Whether you live in the United States, Canada, or really anywhere, our VIP package has something for everybody. We have recorded lectures, live lectures, curated and calibrated content made just for you to help you pass. Visit us today at studentrdh.com to sign up and for more information. See you next time.